0: Yeah, we know it'll never happen. But hey, it's worth a shot. Hollywood, hire us.
1: Well, okay, I guess going back to Hollywood news. um, Number one, as far as I know, the actor strike is still going, right?
0: Yeah, I haven't heard anything.
1: Yeah, the last I heard was like a lot of big names offered to like give like a shitload of money to SAG to like offset the cost of, you know, giving, you know, basically allowing all the all the people that are not big name actors to have more money and basically the hollywood studios just didn't
0: Yeah. So I mean I you that article that
1: Actually no. I don't even know if it was the hollywood studios. I, I think Sag just kind of looked at it and shrugged, didn't they? Well, I don't I don't remember.
0: Are we talking about what Clooney wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clooney and a lot of the big A-listers were going to put in... They wanted to get rid of caps on dues. On,
1: on dues, so that they could pay, like, hella caps. <laughs>
0: so, like those A-listers, like Clooney and Downey and... Yeah. And these were the people who came up with the idea, Clooney and company. Yeah. They're,
1: They're like, look, we make more than enough. We'll we can pay, support all we'll this. We'll
0: pay X amount more. And that way, that all goes into the fund for benefits and stuff. Right. Underpaid. Yeah. And they also wanted to reverse the royalty pay or the payout schedule so that the people on the the bottom of the list get paid first. Right, exactly. And then you work your way up to the first on the call sheet. Right. And I don't know if the studios, or if it was a combination of them and the union, just kind of... Just went But Nah, that wasn't like... Because I guess I thought that whatever article I read was like, that doesn't really solve the main problem they're trying to fight. But that's one of the things that the studios are really having a problem with. Is... Is is that.
1: Is the money, yeah.
0: If if you let Clooney and company do that, that's one less thing for you to worry about negotiating on a union contract. Right, exactly. So then you can focus your efforts on... On say, settling... Hey, look, we're going to take this off the table. George Clooney and all of his rich buddies have decided they'll take care of that for you, Mr. Moneybag Studio. But and,
1: <laughs> but instead, we want this solved. Yeah, right? let's work
0: on these issues. There, We've got our core issues we want to work on. That list has been cut down by at least five points, like five yeah. bullet points. Like, okay, fine. It gives it narrows your focus of what you're trying to do.
1: Which is which is the which is the fundamentals of good politicking because you're trying to reach compromises.
0: Yeah, and it's and it, it's not not like, in
1: today's like, politics, mind you, but and, and I'm not <laughs> in, sure if, in real but, politics that yeah. people should engage in.
0: I'm not sure if like it's it's not that Clooney wants to get back to work. Like, he needs it. No, like, it was the last thing I saw him.
1: It's, well, The Flash. Spoiler.
0: Uh, <laughs> that was a one day they were like, hey, this would be funny, hey, George. He'd be like, okay, that was about it. Only if he got paid for it.
1: Yeah. But, but um,
0: I, I, he really, I think he's trying to get it done so those people who need the work to live right. can go back yeah. to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the people that are extras in a film, they can't just be out of work like fucking forever. Or the people that are like, you know... St- they're not extras, but they're like they're just you know yeah. actors, actors, your, your people who working are like, actors. You are people basically.
0: who are like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and below on the
1: freaking call sheet. I mean, I guess that's kind of rude to say. A list actors aren't working actors because clearly they are. But I mean, you know what I mean. They, the ones that don't, don't make the
0: right. The, the one, ones that
1: don't make ten, twenty million a picture.
0: No, the ones that have to grind and be in multiple things going at one time. Right. To be able to even <laughs> afford to live, like the extras that you see, like. Hey, isn't that extra from Gotham? Didn't I see them in this show, and this show, and right. this show?
1: Like, and that's the whole reason you saw them in that show and that show and yeah. that show is because they're trying to put food
0: on the table. Yeah, because I can't remember who it was. Somebody, one of the extras, it may be, oh, it was the guy that played Chet in Boy Meets World. Um, he was in a bunch of Adam Sanders movies. Okay. Blake. Damn it, his name's Blake, I can't remember. Well,
1: that's okay, get to your point.
0: The fact is, he was on Boy Meets World, he was also on, like, Home Improvement, and then he was on something else. It was like, there was one night Uh-oh. of the week... Where you would, saw
1: him on, like, all three yeah, shows? Yeah, you saw him on,
0: like, four shows. <laughs> that's funny. he was always doing something.
1: That's funny. But, yeah, that's... And, yeah, you're right. Just, just like the writers couldn't afford to be off work forever, the actors, those actors obviously can't afford to be off work indefinitely. But by the same token you all if you don't there's a very big sense of urgency if you don't solve this problem now it comes back to bite you later so you can, they have they have to settle this strike they have they can't they have to strike until it's over they can't just they can't just be like okay we're going to accept shitty terms they have to actually do this now there's no turning back you know what i mean
0: Yeah. So they
1: because there's a lot of issues like particularly with the AI likenesses and things like that. Those are that shit that absolutely needs to be addressed right now. Because it's on the
0: doorstep and it'll be happening very quickly. Yeah, they need to find a ethical use of it. Yeah. And very limited. Like it shouldn't be something that we just fall back on because it's easy.
1: And they and the mo and they don't want the studios to just own them forever. In perpetuity, or however it's phrased. Perpetuity, yeah. Well, perpetuity, thank you.
0: I can't yeah, remember but... I they kind of do. <laughs> I mean...
1: Uh, but... But, you know, at least this way, like, their estate gets something, you know, or something, you know...
0: Yeah. It feels like, I listened to Terry Cruz's book, and he's talking about he met with an agent. Actually, it was he met with somebody in the agency after he got groped or whatever yeah. at a party because he was going to handle this problem. And this person who basically was came from the, the head of the agency or whatever, walked into the restaurant and Terry Crews immediately goes, oh, I get it, this guy's a pimp. Like He's like, I recognize the swagger. This dude just thinks, I'm a pimp. I own you all. Yeah. And that's it. So there are people in Hollywood who they think that you know, the agents are supposed to work for the actors. Why? There's some who feel like, no, the actors work for me. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's definitely... That's when I think Terry was like, yeah, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Um, but yeah, so, like, they need... <clears throat> yeah, they, they definitely need to address all this stuff now, or else, you know, you lose that chance forever. But, like, but, like, you're hearing... Like on YouTube now, there's all these like AI covers of like, you know, Frank Sinatra singing the Five Nights at Freddy's song, for example, stuff like that. Obviously, you know, Frank Sinatra didn't sign off on said on said usage of his voice, but same
0: with some of the Elvis ones too,
1: right? But so, I mean, to me, it's fun to listen to. Is it ethical? Not really, but at least no one's making money off yeah,
0: of it. Yeah if it's fun, cool, but is it something we need to like utilize in the movie industry in the music industry? No.
1: No. and as long as it's not a profit, as long as there's no profit being made off of it, I'm okay with it, you know because it's just okay, this is funny, you know yeah. but but that's all it needs to be. Once it starts becoming monetized and weaponized, that's bad.
0: Right, which which can
1: which can happen really quickly.
0: I could see one case, and I believe I don't know if he's signed off on it or not. Is for future Star Wars things, if James Earl Jones lets them do that for his voice. Oh yeah. So you can Vader can always sound like Vader. Okay. There'd be there's a use for it.
1: Right. That
0: I could get. <clears throat> and I think he yeah, said as long kind of, like the same thing like they could recreate Harrison Ford's younger face. Right. I think they have enough vocal clips of James Earl Jones that could recreate his voice. And it's less for, AI. Yeah. And more just good editing.
1: But. I, but I, you don't. But those they need to pay. Yeah. James Earl Jones, or if he passes his estate, whichever. Yeah. Right. You can't just do it for free. That's that's the, illegal. The,
0: right. The only other thing would be like if James Earl Jones is going to sign off on it, and they just give you one giant lump sum.
1: Now, I mean, that's also possible because so, I think that's I think that's what they're negotiating right now because I think that's how they do it currently.
0: Because if you do that, let's say you agree to like, all right, you can use AI to recreate my voice or my likeness or whatever. But it has to only be you have to be able to outline the correct the, the situations where you can do it. You right. can't just do it for the hell of it. Like, right. If, for James Earl Jones, it's only if you're going to be doing Darth Vader and maybe Mufasa. Right? <laughs> like, it has to be without a certain parameters. Right. Or you can't just make James Earl Jones dialogue in something non... Just to, just to be able to say you've got James Earl Jones' voice in something.
1: Yeah, you can't put him in a Donald duck cartoon.
0: Right. No, you can't. It's <laughs> to try to it would be trying to, like, draw attention to it falsely. Right. But we expect Vader to sound like Vader. Right. And when James leaves us... Yeah. <laughs> who's going to do that?
1: Exactly. Because there was a, a... Disney doesn't have a good track history of this because when Rob Williams did the voice of Genie for Aladdin, he took a lower cut in pay, and he specifically did that because he was like... I don't want you guys to use me in the marketing for the film or anything like that. What did they do? Rob Williams is fucking in fucking land, so he got he got mad about that. And that's why he was not the, the voice of the genie. For that's the when they got film.
0: Homer to be the voice of yeah. The genie.
1: Yeah, and then after, I guess Robin and Disney finally did settle up, and then um, they they finally got that resolved, and then he did return as the voice of the genie and the third direct video sequel. Not Return of Jafar, but I think King of Prince of Thieves, King of Thieves, whatever. But anyway. Um but yeah, Robin Williams was pissed about that. Because they used him for the marketing to hype the film when he clearly told them that's not what I wanted. Right. He was right. like, I'm doing I'm doing this because it's a children's film, it'll be something my kids will love. So yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah there's there's gotta be so I'm Limits to what they can use the AI for.
1: But, uh, yeah, so there's... I have an interesting theory on how to save streaming services, if you want to hear it. Sure. Because, okay, first of all... Okay. I don't know how Disney Plus is constantly losing money. Well, okay, I do, because they pay a lot of money to make Marvel TV series. But... Aside from that, I don't. There's a lot of streaming services that apparently are just, you know, hemorrhaging money, and I don't know why. Because I would think that a lot of these projects should be making them money. So I don't, I don't really know. And I don't want to lose. I don't want like HBO. Um, Pan, my buddy Pancake brought up an interesting point about HBO Max just the other day. HBO Max is now going to start charging more for services that were already included in what you were getting for them. For for example,
0: yeah, I got an email about that. Yeah. You're
1: no longer get you're no longer getting you have to pay extra to ha- to stream in 4K and get Dolby Atmos mm-hmm. on your on your app.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like you said, this is a str- this is a feature that they've had since it was HBO fucking Go. So he's pissed enough that he's canceling his service for it because, you know, he's like, "This is ridiculous." I what I said initially was, "It's." I said this. I said, "Thus begins the enshittification of streaming services because, what what is happening is, you're 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 cutting as much as you're you're trying to gouge your customers for as much as you can. You're basically." You're basically um, making the streaming service worse for the customers in order to placate shareholders and get more money.
0: Right. Here we go. Here's my email. Changes to your features on the Max app. Current features with the ad free plan is you can stream on three devices at once. Full HD video resolution with select titles in 4K with Dolby Atmos. Download up to 30 titles to watch on the go. New features? Stream on two devices. Full HD video, download up to 30 titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's probably just the highlights. I'm sure there's other features that are getting cut. Yeah.
1: So, <coughs> what I think needs to happen, ironically, I think streaming services need to get worse. And I think- <laughs> They're on their way. And I think people need to, I think people need to mass leave in mass
0: come back to cable i can hook you up
1: not <laughs> i'm i'm not saying that cable's the answer because i don't honestly think it is i'm sorry <laughs> i love you but i don't think it is
0: <laughs> well when you take a look at how much people pay for cable and then you look at how much they pay for each individual streaming service they're it's, paying more yeah. than they would have they just had a cable package yep. <laughs> but then you have the people like paramount plus um, and max and disney that have these titles that are only available on the app or the streaming service. Right, exactly. So it's like they're forcing you to do one, the other, or both. Right, Right.
1: exactly. They're trying to milk as much money out of everybody as possible, which I get that. That's how Hollywood has always worked.
0: Yep, and they're trying to milk the money out of not just consumers, they're milking the money out of the providers too. Yes. So anyone who provides a TV service, cable, satellite, they have to pay money to the owners of the channels. Disney, uh, fucking... I can't remember all of them now. There's Star, whoever owns all these different parent companies. Right. And every few years, they come up with a contract negotiation. Yep. And they always ask for about ten times more than what they are currently being paid yep. just to let somebody broadcast their channels. Mm-hmm. And then those channels get pulled away. And then customers get mad. And, they, and there's a finger-pointing game where... <laughs> For example, Disney will point it, Direct, and say, well, they're not paying us enough. And then Direct will point a finger back at Dish going, well, they're asking for this extravagant amount of money, which would mean we have to raise our rates by yep. X percent to offset it." Right. And then, yeah, it just becomes this whole pissing contest. Where nobody wins. Nobody wins. Everybody loses. And then they come up with an idea, like, all right, well, we'll let you have some of our channels back the popular ones and we just since you don't want to pay more we're not going to let you have Disney XD
1: yeah anyway I have an idea I don't know if it's an idea that anyone's going to want to hear or actually do but I think this could be done I think streaming services need to get to the point where some of them buy out each other much like much like how some of the studios have bought, you know, littler studios and things like that. And here's, here's how I think it could work. Currently, a lot of HBO stuff is being licensed out to Netflix, like Band of Brothers, things like that. I think what would be a smart move is, provided that each of these had the actual money to do it, this is what I would do in a perfect world. If I were Netflix, I would buy WB off of Discovery. Okay. And that way you become Netflix WB, and you have all of that content all together. Apple, having just an insane amount of money, Apple could easily buy Disney+. I don't want that. And then you have Apple Apple plus Disney and then for the for the final one i think amazon should buy i want to say both paramount and peacock okay because i'm amazon also has just a ridiculous amount of money they could absolutely do this because if you buy paramount you have all the star trek shit you have all of the you know all the pair all the all the viacom stuff which includes a wealth of TV from like MTV and other sources. Right. Peacock, well, I don't know if they could buy, I don't know if they can buy Universal because no, I, I was thinking NBC Universal needs to buy Stars and that way they've got all Lionsgate shit. Okay. So, basically you come down to Netflix joins WB, Apple and Disney combined forces, Amazon and Paramount, I think, should join forces, and then maybe Peacock, and I think Universal buys Lionsgate and Stars, and then you have all of that together. I think that solves everything, and you've got four services. Where's Max? Max was at WB. Get this over here, okay. okay.
0: So, well, he'd be buying it off Discovery, but there would still be all the other non WB stuff that Max owns. Like the HBO, unless they're going to continue licensing it to Netflix.
1: WB owns HBO Okay Well, I thought, I
0: thought HBO got bought by Discovery
1: WB and Dis- Warner Brothers and Discovery merged But If you undo that merger And just Rip Discovery back out of it Okay Then you've got WB and Netflix Together Maybe In one giant poker group I don't know that Netflix Has enough money to do that I don't honestly think they do because Warner Brothers, out of all of them, aside from Disney, I think Warner Brothers is probably the biggest um, wealth of movies, television, etc. that you would. Because Warner Brothers and Disney are both right up there in terms of having just so much, you know, because Disney has, you know, Marvel, Fox, everything, you know. And then you got Universal, just you know, Universal Paramount, just Paramount, and then Lionsgate, Lionsgate, it stars, etc. The only one that you don't get in all that mess is Sony, because Sony's kind of their own thing, and they have they have the they have that free service crackle. Yeah. But Sony would do well to tag team with somebody too in all of this mess. I'm trying to think if there are any studios I've missed. A, A24 had kind of just licenses to whoever.
0: I think want. A24 should just go with Shudder.
1: Yeah, twenty A24 and A24 and AMC joining forces that'd be great.
0: Yeah, because I mean Shudder is the place to get some really cool like weird like even like old horror movies. Oh yeah. On there like.
1: I've got a whole lit. I've got a whole big ass watch list of shit on that.
0: So here's just a, we can think about it for the next time because this is, it would take some time to really look at it. I've been listening to World a lot, and uh, they've been doing these drafts, like kind of like the NFL draft. Sure. They did it with guest stars from the show, like Danielle Will and Ryder got to choose however many it was guest stars, and then they got to build a show around just those characters. Okay. And then it, they kind of went in an order, like it was. Ryder, I want to say Ryder, Danielle, Will, and Will, it was a snake format, uh-huh. and they chose the different characters, and then they had their listeners vote on who had the best cast or best list. Okay. Then they did it with episodes. They drafted <clears throat> where they're at currently in, like, season three. What are the episodes, I think, are the quintessential like, best Boy Meets World episodes. All right. Now, they just did this thing called the 90s movie half draft. Where they drafted, what, if they were going to do a film festival type of idea of 90s movies to encapsulate the best movies of the 90s, they came up with a list. Alright. And so, I feel like some of these I might have on mine, some of them I wouldn't.
1: How how many are we limiting those
0: to? They had eight. I'd say if we're going to do it... Only for the, eight films from the 90s? I was going to say, if we're going to do it, i said we go ten. Yeah. Top 10 90s movies.
1: Top 10 90s movies? Okay, I can do this.
0: If you want to do it now or you want to do it next week?
1: Oh, no, let's go. I'm I'm, I'm in.
0: I have to think because I was going to look up because, I mean, there's so many that came out. But here is, just to give you an idea of the lists that they came up with, like Daniel Fishel, Jurassic Park. That's got to be in mind. Titanic. Yeah. Defending Your Life. What? Defending Your Life. I have not heard of it. Ace Ventura. Maybe. Scream. Yeah. The Fugitive. Or. Pretty Woman and Clueless. Mm. Like, if she was going to host her own film festival, I mean, those are the ones she'd want to watch. Okay. And you have Ryder, who, right. if you have a letterboxd account where you can rate movies and read uh-huh. movies, you can find his list. And He is a harsh, harsh, like, he doesn't give things five. Star or five stars, unless they like really change something. Like, he gave the menu five stars, like, it's okay. something you believe, but he didn't give Spider Verse five stars, right? And um, hey, it's his opinion, all right? He is a very harsh critic, all right, when it comes to movies. I, res- I
1: respect that. He,
0: and he, he says, like, he doesn't give he might enjoy the movies and they might still only get two and a half to three stars, even if he enjoys them, but it's not that. It's got to really either change the zeitgeist or it's got to really redefine a genre. It's got to be... There's got to be something to it. Okay. Right? I respect that. For him to do that. And I, that I respect fine. that. I mean, the dude's a screenwriter. Go with it. So his movies, and I like some of his. Goodfellas. Yeah, I can Ground, see that. Groundhog Day. All right. Seven. Uh-huh. Boogie S- Nights. S- Matrix.
1: Matrix has to
0: be in there. Yeah. Shakespeare in Love. Ugh. Talented Mr. Ripley, and right. and the Fisher King. Okay. Will Friedle had Casino, mm-hmm. Fargo, mm-hmm. T2.
1: Yeah, that's got to be in there
0: too. Dazed and Confused, Reservoir Dogs, Quiz Show, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Oh wow! Which is like he said he's gonna go with a cartoon. Is the like he probably says like the best Batman movie, especially of the nineties.
1: Oh yeah. Can't argue that.
0: And wag the dog, which I didn't like the
1: dog. Yeah, I disagree with that one. But all right.
0: But those were their. That's their picks.
1: All right, so that was them. Did we, okay?
0: <sighs> I don't have a list. Like oh, I'd yeah. have to really kind of think of like what's a what. A, I mean, I know. Okay, if I'm gonna put my first movie, '90s movie that I. I mean, I'm gonna throw them all <laughs> up there at to my top. It's between it and Clerks, but. For me, the, the true, the giving a voice to the comic book nerd and pop culture fanatic, I feel like *Mallrats* did it more so okay. than the apathy and angst of *Clerks*.
1: Okay, for me, um, the very first movie I'm yeah. going to put in my '90s in my '90s list is *The Matrix*. You're going to grab *The Matrix*, okay? I'm because moving. the, in there's there are two periods of cinema. Pre-matrix and post matrix. That's how much their visual effects Isn't that right. That I mean I would also argue that about Terminator 2. Let's see. Because Terminator 2 is probably the most perfect action flick ever created. Aside from maybe Aliens. Aliens is also a very good band both made by James Cameron. Clearly, he knows what he's doing when it comes to action. Yes. All right, so.
0: So there you go. You got Mallrats. I claim Mallrats. You said Matrix. And let's try not to pick the keep separate.
1: So if you, okay. if you okay. take one. All right, all right, all right. So okay, you went with Mallrats. Rats. I said Matrix. That's my first. Okay, you go with your second.
0: All right. What do you got? Uh, my second. I want to say '90s movie. God, I really think it's something that I would. See, it's hard because some of them blur together I'm like, God, was that the 90s or was that like 2000?
1: I can't believe you haven't picked the crow for your first one.
0: I should? (laughs) Fuck it. I'll take the crow. (laughs) I'll I'll grab the crow because, I mean, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. I
1: I was about to say, that's like, like if you're doing, if you're doing uh, just, just on personal opinion alone, I don't know how you wouldn't pick
0: that. Right. I I wanted to grab Mallrats, like right off the bat because all right all right that's
1: fair um i will go with terminator 2 is my second okay i I think terminator 2 cannot be understated as an incredible masterpiece it just can't what's your third
0: interview with a vampire
1: okay i accept that uh i will go with Again, there's another clear line in effects departments. There's everything pre Jurassic Park, Terminator <laughs> Two, and post Jurassic Park Terminator yeah. Two. So I've got to go with the original Jurassic Park. It's got to go one. there. It has to go there.
0: And really, the effects hold up. They do. This many years later, it's it may be not quite as immersive as it was or convincing as it was when we first watched it in theaters. But if you watch them, you're like, it's. Better
1: than some of the effects in the Flash movie. The, I got, it, you, Spielberg is a goddamn genius. When, that scene, when Alan and Ellie pull up, and Alan just takes his shades yeah. and does this number, and you, you feel that with him when they pan out and you see the fucking brontosaurs yeah. in that bucket. You feel that. Like, especially if you're watching it in, in a theater. With the fucking surround sound and everything going at the same, you you believe that shit? Yeah, you believe it. Uh, so yeah, that's got to be my third. It has to be. All right, what's your four?
0: I'm um, I'm I've got something on my list, but I got to make sure it falls within the right. Within nineties, okay.
1: We're going ninety to ninety-nine. No O oh, oh.
0: oh. Yeah. No O oh, O. Oh.
1: And no 89. Although that's...
0: Yep, it falls. I mean, I've got one comedy and sort of action movie, drama. I gotta go back to another comedy. It's like teen comedy. It's American Pie.
1: You're right. That was right, bef- that was right before the end that of the 90s. That was
0: in 99. And the reason I'm picking it is because really up until that, the teen movies were more in the 80s. We had a few, but... American Pie really brought the teen movie thing back to, like, a focus. Yeah. For them to then have multiple sequels, but then you get a parody called Not Another Teen Movie. Yep. <laughs> <You didn't>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't get that until after American Pie. Because we didn't, yeah. like, She's All That and all that stuff. Yeah. And Can't Hardly
1: Wait.
0: Yep. So well, I love that one, too, though. It's a tough cult pick between American Pie and Can't Hardly Wait, though. I would
1: agree with you on American Pie being better the better of the two films, though. I really would. Like and, and clearly more impactful. Yeah, like if you're talking zeitgeist-wise.
0: Yes, definitely. And soundtrack-wise, like just pop, like, part of the pop. Blink-182's in the damn thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so I have Matrix, T2, Jurassic Park, well, my fourth one's got to be Titanic.
0: Oh. I was going to not ever pick that one. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan.
1: I, I, just, I Yeah, but you can't understate how much impact that film had in pop culture.
0: No, it did. That's my I mean, there are prom favorite. themes centered around that damn song. Right There's right also prom there. themes and, around Armageddon, too. And so.
1: again, James Cameron's obsessive that's attention that's to detail. He recreated that fucking ship like super hardcore. Yes. The that's detail on that undaf- I mean, even... Despite despite this the CG effect, any of the CG effects, any of like all of the sets and everything, down to the detail, I mean, just incredible. So yeah, I've got to give it to that one. That's my four.
0: I just thought of one. That, oh no, yeah, I just I thought of one because that's another one that's it's not even the really technically the first movie in the series, but it was. You know how they call like a debut album is like when it, you you might have an album like Offspring had an album prior to smash. like an
1: indie album, <laughs> but then your
0: and then your debut major smash label is debut. The one where you've made major label it. debut. So yeah. this is the debut of the character, and I'm gonna go with, um, Silence of the Lambs. I okay because I mean look at that. Was
1: that ninety or ninety one? I can't remember.
0: Uh, I'll look it up. Because I think that I one, mean, either
1: way, it falls. You're right.
0: Yeah, 91. Because
1: Manhunter was in the 80s. Yeah,
0: Manhunter was in the 80s, and no one really saw it. So that's why we ended up getting Red Dragon later. Which is
1: criminal, because it's such a good film.
0: Which is, yeah, Red Dragon, like, Red Dragon, we got later, no, which takes place I feel first. bad
1: for the dude to play Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter, because, I mean, he really was good. It's just, he's not fucking Anthony Hopkins. No. And, <laughs> and I mean, no that, one is, yeah, so... And that movie... I,
0: I like, mean... <laughs> I mean, that movie brought about, like, it was kind of... I mean, there's yeah, a TV I show about call. Hannibal.
1: Like, yeah. Okay, my my fourth one is going to be. I'm sorry, my, I'm, I'm, I'm on five now, aren't I? Yeah. My five is Pulp Fiction. Ooh. Because if we're talking about indie movie making, and because I mean, you've got to have something that represents Miramax in this time, because Miramax was the undisputed king of the OOS, or I mean, the '90s um I mean they wrapped up every fucking all the fucking major awards from like the, from like mid 90s on at least if not before that. And pulp fiction I I would argue pulp fiction more than reservoir dogs and any of other Tarantino's films is
0: that's what I'm going to take my next one's reservoir dogs.
1: Okay. Because I would I would argue that pulp fiction is his, is actually Tarantino's most representative work.
0: I enjoyed Reservoir Dogs more. I know. That's just my personal preference. Of the the two big, like, you're going to pick a Tarantino film, it's one of those
1: two. If you're going to talk personal preference, I prefer the Kill Bill film, the Kill Bill duology over Pulp Fiction, but Pulp Fiction, I think, is Tarantino's definitive, definitive movie. Like, if you're going to, if you're going to show only one Tarantino film to somebody and be like, this is Tarantino films. Yeah, that's the one I go with.
0: All right, so I picked Reservoir Dogs for my sixth.
1: Okay, well we were both on the side of we were both on the side of Tarantino for <laughs> indie cinema. I'm yeah. uh, I got
0: Miramax up here, right? Mallrats was Miramax. But... Ma- huh?
1: No, Mallrats was Universal. Wasn't Universal? All right. Hey, okay. Hey, about my Clerks heart. and Chasing Amy were Miramax. Gotcha. Yeah. And then Dogma was Sony.
0: Yeah, Chasing Amy falls within the 90s, but... I mean, there's a lot of people that that's Kevin Smith's best movie. because It is. Because it's drama. There's some funny bits to it, but the story it tells...
1: I I firmly believe Chasing Amy is his finest hour. Clerks would be his second finest hour. Now, granted, this is me not having seen all of Kevin's... Most of Kevin's later work. Like, anything from... 2010s
0: i mean i, I mean chasing amy is definitely up there in the scope of just writing and not being funny like over the top like the pop culture good banter mm-hmm. which i enjoy because it is the stuff that we talk about it's how my... we talk right that's why clerks and mall rats appeal to me is because it. that's my voice up there right like holy crap somebody's actually representing me in hollywood
1: okay quick question uh where did what what year did shrek come out
0: Oh God! I have. Uh, You're gonna go with an animated? Okay. I've, I've got, got
1: to have an animated film on this list somewhere.
0: Shrek One was 2001. Right on. Really? Yes. Okay, but. Yeah. So they go. All right,
1: on so it's gonna be there. because so, that was the start of DreamWorks starting to kind of beat Disney in its own game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but then Disney kind of turned it around, and DreamWorks kind of.
0: No. Yeah, I, th- I thought we were talking about bringing in an animated from the '90s. There was one I was like, "Oh no, he's going to take that one."
1: <sighs> well, I don't. Was Beauty and, okay? Beauty and the Beast was '91, Aladdin '92, and Lion King '93. Is that correct? I think so. So it's got to be one of those three. I'm gonna lean towards. This is not my favorite of the Disney films because my favorite is The Little Mermaid, but that wasn't technically at the end of the '80s. So I'm gonna to have to go with Lion King, I think, because I can't think of any other. If I had seen any of them, probably any Miyazaki film would probably win this race. But since I have not seen them, I've got to go with stuff that I actually have seen.
0: So Lion King. I I'll, I'll take an animated movie, but it's one that I think really changed animation and the storytelling and every... Toy Story.
1: Fuck. <laughs> All right, you won. You won. Yeah, Pixar.
0: Because I was like, oh, you're, I was like, you're going. If you can't do the first of DreamWorks, he's going to grab the first Pixar. I was. Like, there's your, there's your powerhouse of animation. That yeah, I think you, they yeah, out Disney. Disney.
1: You yeah, you actually won that round.
0: I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> that you're right. You win that. So one.
0: that's my seventh.
1: Yeah, Toy Story should have been my Lion <laughs> King. I think we should both agree that Toy Story is is that. We should both agree on that
0: one. Oh yeah, because it's we didn't. You don't get any of the other. You don't get Elemental. You don't get.
1: You don't get You don't get. Yeah, you don't get Encanto. You don't get. You
0: don't get Inside Out. You don't. You don't get The Incredibles. You don't get The Incredibles. You don't get. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff you don't get without Toy Story. Without the success of Toy Story, granted, then you don't get all fifteen Toy Story movies. Robin, I'm going to
1: put you on the spot. What's your favorite Disney movie? Uh,
0: like, Ever? Oh, uh, I can have it on. Hunchback. That's a good one. That was in the '90s. Hunchback was in
1: the '90s. Actually, know what? I'm going to change Lion King. Oh! I, I want that scratch from the record. I believe Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, oh, damn! I believe that was '90s. Yeah. It was probably early '90s, but it's. I'm gonna make that my animation. Okay. Yeah, i I take that back. Ninety-three. Yep. All right. Well, you still got
0: one more. And right? that was the
1: same year as Lion King. Woo! Look at me. You put a microphone.
0: We're here. talking into it. Oh, that's man. That's thirty years old. Holy shit! Right. So yeah, I'm already at seven. So you've got one more to pick. But All right.
1: Uh, it, '90s movies. Three. Let me think here. We
0: well, gotta think of a good drama from the '90s. We're talking into it, buddy. Not drink. Not singing.
1: You gotta think of a good horror
0: movie from the nineties.
1: I mean, Pulp Fiction kind of counts. It's definitely up there.
0: Uh...
1: Oh, actually, no. What I I I know my I know my uh, horror pick for the nineties. It's Scream. Of course it is. Of course, Scream. Yes. Scream was the major catalyst for everything horror in the nineties.
0: It was genre-bending. like yeah. It made fun of itself. It's
1: yeah, so I've got to go with that for my seven.
0: Mm. I'm going to take... So I'm going to go with horror. I've I'm, I'm, I'm. already got interview, but that's more of a drama, less horror. I'm going with Coppola's Bram Stoker's
1: Dracula. Ooh, that is a good one. I've, yeah. Honestly, I should have picked that. Uh, not for She's I. I so still stand by Scream, fun. but I. I would have put. As far as as far as a movie I can just rewatch over and over until the end of time, Bram Stoker's *Dracula* is up there.
0: I see it, Study.
1: I guess for my <laughs> next one, I'm going to do another science movie. Um, I'm going to go with *The Fifth Element*. The what one? The Fifth the Element.
0: Fifth element. 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 Ooh, that's a good one.
1: I think that's an underrated gem. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of crisis, There are a lot of valid criticisms to be had about it, but in at the end of the day, it's one of it's it's one of the more fun science fiction films of the '90s. Hmm.
0: I, mean, I could pick Mario Brothers
1: now uh, <laughs> I will laugh my balls off If you picked a Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> are you pi- if, if you're picking that Just to include the worst of the 90s Then I totally get that I totally get that rationale like, Okay we're covering all of the bases of 90s This is how
0: high it gets This
1: is how low it gets oh,
0: if, I, if I was doing a film festival I'd throw it in the middle Because then people are stuck watching it like, You don't know, have to <laughs> There's no escaping it <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. Whoa! That was a big jump, buddy. <laughs> I wonder how he gets bruises on this face.
1: just catapulted.
0: That's how. I i bouncing the phantasm. Is pretty go good. I want to put a Batman movie on here, and I'm going with Returns.
1: Alright. I mean, returns is pretty good, but
0: and I saw someone post it was a picture that made me think of it today. That's probably why it's on the list because it's in the most recent part of my memory. Is it was a picture of a bunch of different. It was like I, a, in this, in this house. It was Anne Hathaway. It was like a bunch of picture of the more recent Catwoman actresses. Uh huh. And I was like, just thinking, like, when are we going to get someone to top Michelle Pfeiffer's? We haven't. Nothing against Zoe Kravitz or Anne Hathaway. Yeah, they have not topped Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman.
1: There's a great, um, there's a great video clip on YouTube. With the whip. It's, yeah, the whip scene. The yeah, one the, take. The, the, the one take, and then yes. everybody cheering her. Absolutely. In the, in the back, in you know, from the um, from the cat, from the crew.
0: Yeah. Say what you want about Batman Returns and Danny DeVito's really creepy Penguin, <laughs> very rapey Penguin.
1: Excellent.
0: Um, but Michelle Pfeiffer. Catwoman steals the damn movie. I mean,
1: yeah, she does.
0: I mean, it's it's all about her getting revenge on Max Shrek. Like it's her movie. Michael Keaton just is a prop in it at that
1: point. Yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> and I'm not mad at that.
1: I'm nah, no, can't be. Well, now you got me thinking about Tim Burton. What would be a good Tim Burton choice I
0: mean, for? Well you got Nightmare.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. I do have Nightmare. Yeah, you're right. That's gonna to have to win for that. Um, this is where I'm getting like those. Those were my big. Those are my big ones that I really had to throw in there. I'm not 100 percent sure what else. You need two more. I need two more, huh?
0: Yep. What are you
1: doing? What was my last That's one? Fifth element. Fifth
0: element. So you got two Bruce Willis things on here. I oh, found the power cord for it.
1: Oh, Fight Club is 99. Is yeah, Fight Club is
0: yeah. 90s. There's a, There's, a There's, a There's, a There's a TV. There's a TV? That's your TV. You
1: watch mm. your TV. American Beauty's good. Dave Lebowski's fun.
0: Oh, yes.
1: The Craft is fun. Oh, Forrest Gump is a good movie. This is going to be harder than I thought. If you hadn't picked Bram Stoker's *Dracula*, that probably would have been my next one. to Showgirls, *Mars Attacks*. Uh, twelve. I mean, that's Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. Oh. *White Truman Show. Oh, the first *Mummy* was in 99.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just looking at.
1: Oh, *Apollo is such a good movie. God damn, it's such a good movie. I don't know if I could put it in my top ten though. This I could almost justify putting the sixth cents in my list just because it started the fucking trend of twist endings. For that alone, I almost. For that alone, I would almost uh, give it credit. Well, why can't you watch your TV? This is over here. All right. Oh, that's. What are you picking? Do you have Do you have your next one? You're fine. Oh shit. Pause.
0: Pause. We'll be right back. Hold on, maybe. I can't find the pause button. There we go, and we're back.
1: Back to live action. All right. Sorry, guys.
0: I think for my, I already know what my last one's gonna be. I've been sitting here debating it. Go for it during the commercial break. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna take Lebowski. Really? Yes.
1: For cult, for for cult followings, yes. I suppose. Yeah. That I was
0: torn because there's a few other. That makes sense. There's a few other movies from the '90s I loved, like Out of Sight with Clooney, the Blade movie. Oh, Blade! The first, the first Blade, Blade movie is pretty good. I yeah. And how uh, Sandlot was '93.
1: Killing me, Smalls. Tombstone, like,
0: fuck Oh,
1: Tombstone (laughs) is a good one. Be your Huckleberry.
0: Fucking Face Off, Hook.
1: Man, so many bangers in the fucking 90s, weren't there? Yeah. Pretty Woman is pretty good, and it did kind of come out of nowhere. Who would have thought Disney would make a movie about a hooker?
0: I forgot Fear and Loathing. Oh, yeah. Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints was 90s? Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was 2000s. Nope, 99. Damn. I was going to pick, and I missed, because my comedies, I was... Just because, you know, the comedy rising star of the 90s was Jim Carrey. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked Ace Ventura. If I had picked any of his from the 90s, it would either be Liar, Liar... That was 90s, right? Or I think so. Or the mask. Uh
1: if I were to pick it, if I were to pick a Jim Carrey movie, I actually would have gone with Ace Ventura because it kind of came out of nowhere and made him
0: it, huge. it is. It is what launched him. It is the it launching made him
1: Huge.
0: It's quotable and it's human cartoon.
1: Uh here, turn that list around so I can actually see what we picked. If you so can far, read
0: my chicken scratches.
1: I can. Your handwriting's not much worse than mine, to be honest. <laughs> Let's see, I picked Nightmare Before Christmas, Scream, Fifth Element. What was I thinking of? Um, just for just to keep with the indie with the indie uh film trend, I'm gonna go with Clerks just because of how influential it was in like, because I mean it's one of the it's one of the greatest. It's one of the greatest little stories of our time. I mean, the film was made on a shoestring budget and, you know, became huge.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it launched a career. Yeah, been and going on I'm, for.
1: I mean, if you're if you're talking about indie filmmaking, I mean, Kevin Smith is one of the starters. So yeah, I'm gonna I'll go with Clerks for number nine, and then let me see what I could find for number ten. Fight Club is pretty fucking good, goddamn. I can't do it though.
0: Yeah, this was difficult. Can you imagine trying to do an 80s movie list?
1: Actually, yeah, I'd probably be pretty quick on an 80s list.
0: <laughs> we can do that next time.
1: Groundhog Day is another good, underrated one.
0: Was Tank Girl 90s? I'm pretty sure. Most likely. Yeah, because, I mean, Lori Petty was big in the 90s because of Point Break. And League of Their Own. And League of Their Own in the Army now. You don't have any Polly Shore movies. And Sino Man was 90s.
1: Do you really think <laughs> that that was going to make the top 10?
0: Tank Girl was 95.
1: I'm real, Even though I've never seen it, I'm real tempted to put Schindler's List on there just because of its importance. But Shawshank. But I can't do it because I haven't seen it. That's my that's my main criteria. Is if I'm going to show these films, I need to have at least seen them. And that's kind of a big problem because i although I did see a lot of films in the nineties, there were a lot of films that I also did not see in the nineties. 80s films though, oh my god, I think I've seen all of them. Jesus. So many. Yeah, and that's the and that's my that's also my justification for putting clerks on my list instead of chasing Amy's just because it launched him. And it was you know, ah! what the hell?
0: I don't know.
1: <laughs> what was that? Mm-hmm.
0: What just happened? My you know? milk not coming out. <laughs> okay, something about milk. Gotcha. The milk not
1: coming out. Oh. Oh, I feel like Go is a good underrated film. Adventures of Priscilla Queen of the Desert's another good underrated film. Wait, was Boys Don't Cry '90s? I don't know.
0: <coughs> v- face Off was '90s. <coughs> yeah, Boys Don't Cry '99.
1: <coughs> Unless I see something else in this list, and I'm forgetting, I think that might be my final pick. Just to have some, just to have some LGBTQ representation in here.
0: I think I got that with Interview with the Vampire.
1: Uh, oh, no. Dick Tracy needs to be in this list. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just going to do not write that down.
0: All right. Uh, if I'm doing my other film fest, the Anti Film Fest, it's going to have Dick Tracy and Mario Brothers. <laughs> which, I, those are my guilty pleasures. I love those movies for different reasons. That's fair.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm going with. do not Cry, just Just for the. Again, indie value, indie value and plus the content of the film and everything, it's it's a good film. It's heartbreaking, but it's at least worth one
0: watch. So to recap my top ten. Like if you're gonna come watch movies with me for a '90s weekend, we got Mallrats, The Crow, Interview with the Vampire, American Pie, Silence of the Lambs, Reservoir Dogs, Toy Story, Brom Stoker's Dracula, Batman Returns, and Big Lebowski.
1: Then my list is here. Flip it around so I can see here: The Matrix, Terminator 2, Jurassic Park, Titanic, Pulp Fiction, Nightmare Before Christmas, Scream, The Fifth Element, Clerks, and Boys Don't Cry. I I say between both of us, we've pretty much covered all the bases for the nineties right there. That's that's a solid twenty films of nineties power. Yeah. There are a few that I could argue. There are a few more that I could argue adding into the list. Uh, Clueless no. Empire Records, yeah. Uh, Empire Records in particular, because that's another one that just kind of came out. Of, I mean, it failed at the box office, but man, it went gangbusters after, and rentals and whatnot. After yeah,
0: I mean, that. my my honorable mention. I'd at least put uh, the, the
1: Mummy on there. The Mummy is another solid action film. Again, it's one of those. It's one of those almost near perfect action films. That's definitely. It would definitely be an honorable mention of mine as well. And I feel like I feel like traditional Disney rep, traditional Disney animation still needs to be represented in there because it, they still did do it, but obviously did obviously three uh, D animation became the big thing after the fact. But I would my argument would be to go for either Beauty and the Beast or Lion King. Either one of them deserves that spot.
0: Um. If I were to pick between the two I'll pick Lion King because
1: then I would go Beauty and the Beast
0: because Lion King was Elton John <laughs> like wow. you could go with Tarzan
1: I would go with Beauty and the Beast simply because it was the first 2D to have a 3 a a 3D animation sequence oh, okay. the, the ballroom and for that just for that alone it's groundbreaking and Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, you know, deal. Because one of, like you said, one of Will's criteria was it had to have broken some ground in the, in the world of filmmaking. Yeah, writer. I will Will's, I think Will's picky but
0: for different reasons.
1: But an '80s list will be. It's going to be easier and harder because it's going to be easier for me to think of to think of movies, but it's going to be harder for me to leave them out. Because there were so many good films in the
0: '80s. I mean, I could rattle some off, but it's just because, like, right off the top of my head, my like favorite movies from the '80s are gonna be like Highlander, Breakfast Club, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm.
1: We'll have to do this exact same challenge next time. Where we can't pick. Yeah. We can't pick the same film and see what we end up with.
0: Those are the three right off the top of my head. Oh, spaceballs like that. i like, that's just like me going off of like, oh, guilty pleasure, fun movies from the '80s. Right. Yeah. Well, I think kind of the movies that really class define the '80s, like Valley Girl, would have to be on there.
1: Interesting choice.
0: Okay. Raising Arizona. That's a good one. Take it out.
1: I mean, there's. We'll definitely come back to this for the '80s, and I, I would also like to do it for the '00s. Remember
0: the 2000s. Yeah. So everything from 2000 to 2009.
1: Yeah, I don't know how... Well, I guess technically we could try it for the 2010 or 2019, but 2019 is almost a kind of a mulligan. Because, between
0: 20, between 2010 and 2019... Oh no, 2020
1: is the mulligan. I'm sorry.
0: Between 2010 and 2019, it's just going to be a bunch of Marvel movies.
1: I mean, yeah, honestly.
0: <laughs> Iron Man,
1: um, uh, everything after. Maybe Scorsese does have something. Maybe Scorsese does have a point. <laughs> Maybe
0: yeah, probably
1: do to have a Scorsese movie on there. I my I would have I probably would have put Goodfellas on there had I actually seen not it. That one. that's not a slight on Morton Scorsese it's just a, that's just me being really behind on all my gangster movies.
0: Right. I mean, it is good. It's like yeah. I mean, I
1: know the. I know the Joe Pesci bit because it's been done to death. It's been
0: done to death, but man, he is so, so charismatic in that movie. Like just him.
1: Because yeah, if I could, if I could go with movies that I've never seen on any on these lists, it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot trickier because I, I really do firmly was bez- I do firmly believe that Schindler's List deserves a place on the nineties list because, of how important that film was.
0: Oh, it deserves a spot. Shawshank Redemption deserves a spot. Yeah. Not Shawshank. on my list, but someone.
1: Shawshank does deserve a spot, you're right. Well, I think uh, I think, that,
0: I think that's, whoa, we got like, that's
1: over two hours. we probably got like
0: two episodes worth out of this. So in the meantime...
1: Hey Hollywood, we have some ideas, but uh, maybe uh, get your shit together with the actors, please?
0: Yeah, I mean, we can write some stuff, but then what's going to happen? You're just going to sit develop in development hell forever. And nobody wants that. Nope.
1: So, hey, Hollywood. Eventually hire us.